Episode number four of the Rebirth of the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of the Music City in Nashville. And uh, joining me tonight, I'm uh, really excited to have this gentleman along. Uh, this man is a former Division I athlete and a military academy graduate. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from BMI, a Master's of Counseling Psychology from uh, Palm Beach Atlantic University. Uh, he has helped uh, people. He's worked in the mental health industry for the past 18 years. Uh, this man is a husband, licensed psychotherapist. He's an author, teaches on masculinity, courage, uh, truth, rites of passage, and uh, is the uh, the leader of the Primal Course Immersion Experience. Uh, joining me today on the Discovering Masculinity podcast is Mr. Jonathan Rios. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. It's a real honor and privilege to have you on. I back at you, man. I'm pumped to be here stoked to uh dive in all right well let's uh let's do that one of the things i, I love to do is uh ask a really deep question right off the bat so you're uh you're no different from anybody else so you're going to get the uh get the same treatment so uh jonathan uh to you what does it mean to be a man in uh today's world in the in the western world in the 21st century today in my humble opinion what it means to be a man in modern 2022 is what it always meant to be a man. Um, eras, like eras change, but masculinity and manhood do not, all right? Um, in, in my estimation, a man is an adult human male who has formally put away his childish, his chi let's say it this way, he's formally put away his childhood narcissism and has adopted a sacrificial responsibility that's his bent towards life um so when i use that phrase childhood narcissism you know the, the bible says very clearly when i became a man i put away my childish ways right right so contrast contrast a mature male with let's say a boy a boy wants to play and never grow up uh, a boy wants to seek entertainment and pleasure unhindered he wants to avoid hard things. He wants to avoid conflict. A boy wants to avoid accountability. He passes the blame. Here's a big one. He avoids commitment. Uh, he expects handouts. That's, that's your boy. So just flip that, right? So you, a man would, would kind of restrict and be disciplined with his entertainments and his pleasure. He would actually voluntarily pursue hard things. He would move into the fray when it comes to conflict. Doesn't run away from it but he doesn't chase it down. He's just ready to handle it. Uh, he doesn't avoid accountability. He, he's actually willing to be held to a standard. So that, that, that would be my quick summarization of what it means to be a man. There's more I can say on that, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to overspeak. Oh, well, that's, that's exactly what this uh, podcast and platform <laughs> is meant. I mean, you can speak, uh, speak all you want, but uh, that, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's a, a really, really great place to start and really great place to, to jump off into, uh, into the next question. Um, you know, how do you see the overall state of, uh, of masculinity in the, in the male gender day? Do, do you feel like, um, it, it seems like every time this subject comes up, there's a lot of, um, focus on, you know, men still, acting like boys and and in a lot of I, I see that a lot uh in in a lot of main a lot of mainstream stuff and and uh so what's your take on the overall state of masculinity right now in 2022 yeah man you know so i, I also have to say this right out the gate um as a therapist i get to i get to kind of peek in the window and hear people's secrets Mm -hmm. I also get to work not just with men. I work with 
teenage boys. I work with single mothers. I work with families. Uh, I get to see kind of the inner workings. And I've also got a background. I worked in uh, foster care for years. I still do all the trainings for local big foster agency. So when I talk about masculinity and boys and family structure, like I'm in, I'm in it every day. So it's not this ethereal. I read about it in the book. Like I live it every day. I just met with a family two hours ago. Mm-hmm. So um, some of this is real personal for me, especially as a previous foster parent. Uh, so the question, I guess, how do I see the overall state of masculinity? Well, I think the overall state of masculinity is very confused. There's mm-hmm. a lot of confusion. The waters are, mur- are murky. My, uh, I think you interviewed my buddy, Will Spencer. Will has an interesting point. Um, he kind of talks about in World War I and World War II, collectively, we lost about 35 million noble men in battle. Mm, okay, wow. so yeah. imagine whole generations slaughtered. So what you have, this, usher, this ushers in mass fatherlessness. So when you have mass fatherlessness, you have mass confusion, right? Uh, currently in America, one in four biological homes are with, or sorry, one in four homes are without a biological father. So again, the absence of a father, either physically or he's just not there mentally, you're, it produces a generation that is deeply confused or at least contributes to it. Okay. That being said, I mean, there's more I could say on the fatherlessness thing. I think that most of us can agree. The stats agree. This is a real issue. But I, I think when we talk about the masculine or the feminine confusion, you have to acknowledge when the fathers go missing. Yeah, you're going to have some problems. Right. So, you know, like for case in point, I like to tell people I'm a unicorn because my parents are still together. My dad's awesome. Uh, he's still a man I honor and respect and look up to. I still talk to him frequently. He mentored me. He still mentors me. He's the guy I call when I need to make big decisions. He's, he was there for me, still is there for me. He's, you know, he's brought me up under his wing. So that's a rare thing in today's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, but to, to spin it just a little bit, I actually, I actually see a bit of a resurgence going on of strong fathers stepping up and going, Hey, I kind of see that this is a problem. And all the kids, a lot of the kids in my neighborhood don't have a dad. I'll swoop in and take the kids to soccer practice or I'll let's come over and have a barbecue. I see guys stepping up and moving into that position. Um, I know lots of good men that are striving to be quality fathers that are striving to be quality mentors. And, And I think it actually aligns perfectly with, with the last verse in the Old Testament, which, which is the, the prophet Malachi. He says, before the awesome day of the Lord's return, God is going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers. And I suspect we are in that era. We get to participate in that. So, so I'm not hopeless. Um, I know many men that are raise, rising up to meet this mandate. I also see lots of young men and boys looking around at the landscape going, who can mentor me? Who can father me? Is there a patriarch out there that I could trust and listen to and follow? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, Jordan Peterson is, the, is a great example. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Millions yeah. of men going, you know, I think we can all go, dude, that, that guy right there. want to mm-hmm. follow that guy. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, we, there's, there's, there's also guys kind of on, on that are, there's guys in the, in the, in the red pill movement and, and some other online men's movements that, you know, we'll, we might get into in a little bit later, but I mean, there's, I think Will made a good point in our, in our talk too, is that uh, it's starting to be, it's starting to be refined a little bit that you're seeing more and more men like Dr. Peterson, more and more and more men like, like you and like Will and, and um, like um, um, Ryan King, you know, who was on uh, the previous episode, um, Brendan Schmidt, who I've gotten to know very well. Uh, I'm going to have him on the show here very soon, uh, hopefully. Um, And, you know, guys like that who are, who are really, making intentional strides to, to be like, no, this, to, to mentor men in, in a, 
in a Christ-like manner rather than a secular mm-hmm. manner. And, and I, I think, yeah, there's, the, the, like you said, there, there is hope, there is hope. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I started this platform and this podcast myself is just, I wanted to do what I could to, to mentor and do what I could to, uh, to be that, that alternative voice out there to, uh, to help guide. And, and, and so, yeah, having kind of gotten into, you know, in, into that, I, 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 I agree with you. There is uh, there is a lot of hope and, and, uh, um, so uh, another question that uh, um, that I do have, I actually kind of want to stick with that a little bit. Uh, the um, the red pill movement and the online men's movement. Um, what's your what's your take on that? I mean, is uh, have you how much have you been exposed to it? I mean, are you kind of familiar with with how that's that's working today? And and uh, just give us kind of your overall uh, take on that. You know, man, um, I got to be honest, I it's never really interested me. Um, I understand when guys talk about red pill and I, I have a formative understanding of it, but my take on masculinity is largely based on the tribes of men I've grown up with and what my father taught me. So I actually don't, I, I probably wouldn't be the best person to talk to as far as red pill goes. What I can tell you is um, I've had demonstrated for me healthy, comprehensive masculinity and I don't, there's not a fancy book on that subject other than I've just watched men live it out. And I've tried to, I'm trying to mimic my life after that, where it's this, you know, lion, lamb, uh, mixture, hybrid. It's this strength, this courage meets nurturer, protector meets uh, 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 the kind of guy who could actually sit with his feelings and be present with the, with his daughters and his, his wife. Um, that That's kind of, I said, I've, I've been in pockets or tribes of men. Like, so my background, um, I grew up playing competitive soccer. I played with the Olympic development team growing up as a kid, got a full rights division one scholarship. So again, always high level training with co- coaches on the national team, international coaches, quality men who weren't just coaches. They were, they were feeding into us, speaking life and confidence, uh, then played division one at a military academy. So now I'm getting the military component mixed with high level training, playing against the best players in the nation. After that, I went and played uh, in the minors stateside and then lived in Europe and played in Northern Ireland for a bit. Again, just different international coaching. And, and also got after that, got involved in some jujitsu. And so I've had a, a good mixture. I did a stint as an intern at a church. I've had lots of pastoral mentors, professional athletic mentors, uh, martial arts mentors. My father's in my life. So I'm basing, when I base my perspective on masculinity, it's based on the lived experience more so than the reading. Although I do read a lot on the subject just because I enjoy it. Uh, But yeah, I I don't really just want to say, I just don't really have a great opinion on the red pill movement other than if I hear a guy out of line or talking out of his ass about, (laughs) about what a man is and what a man isn't, I'm okay going, "Ah, I don't, I don't see it that way that doesn't seem to be working for all the men that I counsel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, can definitely um, understand, understand that. And, and I was at a point in my life personally where I was following some of that content. I wasn't, I never really completely bought into it, but I, but yeah, there was, there were some things that, that they were saying that, that appealed to me as far as like, getting your life together and becoming a, a better version of yourself. But the thing where I kind of dis, where I disagreed with them was their um, opinions on, on women and relationships. And, and one of the phrases that's commonly used is spinning plates, like having multiple sexual partners at the same time. And, and that's, that's not who God calls me to be as, you know, as, as a believer and as a man. So I mean that's, that's probably the major way that, that I differ. And, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, people who know me, I'm, I'm single, never married. And that's one, one thing that I do want to have one day is a, is a loving wife and a family. So, I mean, that, that's not, but at this, at the same time, there's, you know, there's, there's good, there's good and bad to it. You know, there's, there's, I, and I can kind of understand, I can understand a little bit where, where they're coming from because I, they think they're coming from a, a place of having hurt, been, been hurt and, and having been, mm-hmm. you know, having been, um, I guess, un- unjustly treated, whether it's by, you know, a lot of guys are, are divorced guys and they've been, you know, mistreated by the, by uh, divorce courts and, and, you know, they've, um, 
or or they've been in a bad relationship and their their wife left them and and so it's kind of i think that's kind of the one of the common theme themes especially how they relate to uh to women so um and that's so that's something that i personally have had to uh to work on and, and overcome you know about even even several years ago as as it was just something that thank god i was able God called, called me out on that and, and called that into my, into my, my thoughts. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't how you need to be treating, especially treating women. So it was a bit of a, bit of a wake up call there, but, um, so. Can I ask you real quick? Um, like, so, you know, I think different guys would define red pill differently Mm -hmm. In your in your reading and in your lived experience, how how would you summarize your understanding of red, the red pill? Movement? My understanding of the red pill movement is that, um, my understanding is that it's a reference to the scene in um, the Matrix where Lawrence Fishburne's character offers you know um, Keanu Reeves either the red pill or the blue pill. But you take the red pill, you'll see things how how they really are, and so these content creators that are that consider themselves red pilled they're they're trying to say oh this is how things really are and this is how how women really act like they one of their big topics is talking about um hypergamy about you know women uh-huh. marrying up you know in social class and and how rampant um that is and and basically that it's just it's not worth being in a committed relationship and it's you know you need to pursue things on your own and just just get get yours it's it's a very um, it's a, it's a movement driven a lot in, um, I guess not necessarily some, some in ego, some in, um, in, you know, in, in self-love and hedonism a little bit from a, from a male's perspective. So it's kind of like the way Will described it, he he kind of described it as the opposite of, of modern feminism, I guess is, mm-hmm. is, is, uh, the best way he, he had a really, really great, uh, really great take on it in our, our conversation. But, uh, my, my take on it is, is that, you a red a guy that's red that, that considers himself red pilled thinks that uh, that the world and 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 women are just kind of out out to get you and and that you need to look out for yourself and and be the best you know be the best version that you can be for yourself and not for anybody else is kind of how I gotcha. view it. So yeah, okay, yeah, I I will say this, man. Um, I'm on social just like everybody else. You know, when I see some of those content creators. My first question is, what's your private life like? Because I, I, you know, I actually, as a, as a clinician, I have, I have influencers come see me at my office mm-hmm. or, or we meet virtually, we, we meet virtually and, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I get that. But it's interesting to see the stark contrast between what some of these influencers are like behind closed doors and the shit they post on social. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real big on like, Dude, if you're going to put it out there, if you're going to write it, if you're going to make a video on it, you better be living it because mass, you get, you can, you can lead a lot of guys astray by projecting a persona out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my, my advice to your listeners is, I mean, it's tough because people are on the internet. How are you going to find out their private life? Um, that's that's a difficult question, but you can always chime in and you know look at some of the with what are those guys like? What's their content like? Um, and you can start to kind of formulate a quality assessment on their character. I'm real big on character, man. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're going to talk talk to me about red pill or about feminine, masculine, uh, what what your marriage, what your relationship might need to look like, I want to know what your private life is like. I don't give a rip about your your public persona. Yeah. 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 I, that reminds me of a, of a phrase that I heard long, long time ago. It was from, it was from Batman, the animated series of all places, but, uh, um, the, uh, it was an episode involved. It was the origin story of the character two face. And, um, one of the gangsters in the, uh, in the episode, he said, um, he was trying to find some dirt on um, on Harvey, the character Harvey Dent, before he came became Two Face, and he said uh, he said the the brighter the picture, the darker the negative, um, which oh. was 
kind of that that phrase came to mind when you were talking about you know what's your private life life versus what's your 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 digital or your public life like and and yeah that's that's crucial and that's that's convicting for for me too because i mean i'm you know i i, I work hard a lot on on myself and and on my my own personal life and i'm i try to portray an authentic version of myself through through this po- uh-huh. this podcast and platform and and uh you know i like to think i do a decent job of that but i mean there's there's always there's always the the opportunity to to slip up or you know say something that you don't really believe and just let it go for the sake of not being confrontational or you know something uh something along those lines so um that's a that's a very very well said very you know really really great point and and i would be i'd be willing to bet there's a lot of these creators out there that you know their personal life is pretty much garbage or it's hell right you know right now because they just Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. You know, maybe they started doing content creation, just kind of an outlet or an escape from what they're what they're doing without any type of real purpose to it. And and sometimes I wonder, you know, it, are you are you really that happy with that many, you know, with that many women at the end of the day that you say that you're pulling? Like, are, are you really like, I, I don't know, I, I it wouldn't that wouldn't make me happy. One of the things I would just advise to your listeners is, so you got, I'm assuming your audience, they're guys that want to grow. They want to grow in masculinity. They want to mature. They want to be, they want to be that warrior poet, that the lion and the lamb, they want it. They want the total package. And that's what, that's what I want. I think that's what you want is oh, yeah. I want to be a quality, healthy, savage gentleman is how I like to say it. Right. Yes. So that being said, I think people really need to pray for discernment when they listen to me. I think when they read a book, they need to go, God, like, because the, you know, the Proverbs is full of ask, cry out for wisdom. Wisdom cries out in the streets. God wants to give wisdom. In the, in the book of James, he says, if you, if you pray and ask for wisdom, don't doubt. He'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking for it, right? So when we're trying to break down, is this, is this content creator or is this leader legitimate, you know, um, and, and we also have small caveat, no leader is perfect. Right. right. So even the, even, even the guys we look up to, man, like, come on, they're, they're human, right? There's the grace of God, right? Uh, can they own their mistakes? Are they teachable? Are they correctable? Those are big, those are big clues. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another big clue. I, I'm always, I'm always holding myself to this standard, but I, but I tend to, I tend to think um, the mark of a healthy individual is the longevity of their relationships. So if, mm-hmm. if, a, if, if you're a guy that goes from a new pack of male relationships every six months, there maybe the tribe of men you were with isn't the issue. If you're with a new girl every couple of weeks, every couple of months, maybe what's the, what's the consistent pattern here, right? So longevity in relationships, meaning can you engage in conflict resolution? Can you receive correction? Can you humble yourself? Are you willing to strive and contend for what really matters, whether that's romantic or it's peer-to-peer, right? Can you, sub- can you submit in a godly way to authority? Or do you always buck authority? You know, because you had a bad experience with authority in the past. Are you, are you a church hopper? Is it every six months, every year you're at a new place? It's like, you got to just, and I get it, man. Some, we're on a journey. We're all kind of looking for our tribe. So I don't, I don't want people to mishear me, but I do, I do get concerned because you can, you can fool a, tr- a community of people for six months, but yeah. after a while, they're going to start to see some of your patterns. They're going to start to go, Hey bro, I don't know about this. And then, and then if you bail and you're not allowed, you're, you're not rubbing shoulders, you know, what does the Bible say in Proverbs? Iron sharpens iron. Yep. Well, you actually have that cause that's friction. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to get sharp as a man is through friction. One of the ways that's been done in my life is being held to standards. Yeah. And that if, if you want to grow as a man, you got to be around other dudes, other quality men who will hold you to a standard with a firm velvet hand. They will love you, but they're going to call you on your stuff, man. And they're going to hold you to the fire. And, and that's, that's a beautiful thing if it's done with the right spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And 
I, I always think of my freshman year in college, I was, I was on our, uh, I was on our football team. I uh, didn't play much, but I, you know, was played division three football. And the times that we came together as a team was when was, it was right after training camp. And then if we had a, a big, if we had a loss early in the season, um, you know, that was, those were the times that we really came together and, and started to have each other's back. And, and it was a bit, a bit of a different dynamic for us because we were the largest organized group on our campus because our school was so small. So, I mean, we had other people from the outside kind of picking at us, even social events and things like that. So it was when we faced adversity as a group that we that we came together and we grew as in, as players and as as a team. And the same thing happens with with uh, with with men. Like you've got to be you got to be part of a brotherhood. You've got to you've got to have a select few friends around that you can go to in hard times and and that they'll they'll lift you up and and. I'm very, very thankful that that uh, uh, I've got you know about four or five guys on my phone that I could call right now. That if something drastic were to happen, I would call and and they'd have my back, you know. And and uh, within 24 hours, they would they would get back to me and and be there and support me. So I, I'm very, very lucky and fortunate um, in, to to have that. And and I would just encourage the audience too. If you if you're a man out there and you don't have that, really work and try and find those relationships, whether it's through an online men's group or whether it's through, you know, finding a church with a very strong men's ministry, I, I would really, really encourage uh, guys to, to, to pursue that. Um, You're using, I just want to say, I totally agree with you. You just used a word encourage. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about being held to a standard and accountability. One of the things guys miss out on when they go the Lone Ranger route is they miss out on the encouragement. They miss yeah. out. It's not just about holding you accountable, accountability groups. It's not just about that. It's about a guy looking at you eye to eye and going, Hey bro, I see leadership in your, on your life and, and you could do this or, Hey man, do you ever consider you've got this talent and you need to start to cultivate that or just to go, Hey man, you crushed it. Right? That project you just did or that, that speech you just gave. And just to have a guy that a guy that esteems you, a guy that respects you, come alongside you and verbally affirm you. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it, it is the, the masculine validation and affirmation from men that, that esteem you and men that you respect. It's, you couldn't pay enough money for it. Right. It's, yeah. There's, there's a magic, there's a magic in it. Yeah. And you think of the word, think of the word encourage. It's to infuse someone else with courage. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's that scene in Braveheart, right? Everybody's running away from the battlefield, and then William Wallace rides up and he gives a rousing speech and dying in your beds many years from now, right? Yeah. yeah. And what happens? They, they get infused with courage, and now they're willing to take on the British Empire because they got some of his courage, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I mean. That's what guys, that's one of the things guys miss out on. Because I mean, by and large, man, like, I don't know about you, but I can really relate to the Lone Ranger thing. Like I, sometimes it's just easier to go along, go and do it myself oh, yeah. to, just to, to rely on my own talents or my own strength or just to grit and bear it rather than call a guy and tell him what's going on and get, you know, get some encouragement. And, and we, we rob ourselves, man. Mm -hmm. We rob yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we rob ourselves. We rob the the people. We rob the the important relationships and the important people in our in our lives of of being, you know, of growing into that person that that we can be when we're around other other men. And and it really does a really do, does a disservice to other people in our lives when we just when we try and go it alone and do things do things on our own. And I think it's easier now in in this day and age than it is, than it has been ever before with the advent of remote working because you're not around a lot of people during the day. Like I, I've fallen into that trap myself. I some I can have the option to work from home if I want to, and and sometimes you know mm -hmm. it's like I'll be by myself all day and like I'll be working along at home and you know. I'll, go to the gym, but I'm not really engaging with a lot of people at the gym. I've just got my earbuds in and I've got a scowl on my face. Cause you know, I act like I'm a badass sometimes <laughs> when I'm at the gym, you know, and, and cause I don't want people to talk to me and, you know, then 
you know, then go back home. And then it's like, you know, who have, who have I really talked to or interacted with aside from people on the phone every day? That's, that's part of my day job, you know? And so I've, the, there have right. been times in, in my own life where I've had to do, you know, where I've been like the lone wolf or the lone ranger and, and it sounds cool, but it's really, it's really not. It's, it's, it, it's can be pretty devastating if, um, you know, if mm-hmm. you, if you let it fester and, and you don't address why you're, you're doing that. But, um, um, so, uh, next question, you know, what, one thing I want to, want to ask, it's kind of a, a general question, but, um, um, I, I really do think it's, it's important. So, um, what are a, a few practical things that we as men can do to, uh, to grow uh, as, as men and contribute to, to our lives and contribute to our loves, loved ones and contribute to society? Yeah. Uh, thanks for the easy question, John. Um, yeah, I would say we got about seven I, minutes I before the say, break. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Okay, cool. I, I would say I, I would like the, I would like your listeners to think on a micro level. Um, what, what are some practical things we can do to grow as men and then to contribute to the, to the tribe, to society? Well, everyone, everyone wants to, everyone wants to change the world or people talk about changing the world but no one thinks about washing the dishes for their wife. You know, mm. the little micro things, we, we despise the little things thinking they're unimportant. And, and I'll tell you, man, you've got to start with your immediate circle. If you want to start to grow, start with your tiny apartment, clean up the apartment, start with your roommates, actually maybe cook them dinner every once in a while and serve them. Start with your wife. Like, Give her alone time away from the kids. Uh, help clean the kitchen. Help with chores. Uh, do what you can do to sacrifice and to serve in your immediate proximity. And, and if you can steward that well, if you don't despise your current modern job that you have, I don't know what you do for work, John, on, on your off time, but don't despise. I don't care if you're a janitor. Can you, can you treat that job like it's sacred, like God sees you? God knows what you're doing. He has, he, he has his eye on you. He's waiting for you to be a good steward because if you can be a good steward, he can hand you more. If you cannot be a good steward with the small things, how will he give you the big things? He cannot. Right. As, a, as a father, I'm a father of four daughters. I'm not going to give my kids bigger responsibilities if they're not, if they're not hacking it with the small ones. They've got it. They've got to advance. They've got to grow into that new position. So I see a lot of, I see a lot of dudes that are dreaming of influence, but they aren't stewarding the small things and their dreams are delusional because God is a good God. He's a good father. Put it this way. If you're, I don't even know football, but if you're a quarterback and you're, you are mediocre at best and in training, you're wanting to be the starting quarterback, but you don't really push yourself in training. Mm-hmm. You don't listen to the coach. You kind of show up late. Like you're not being a good steward with your training sessions. You got a chance in hell that your coach is going to promote you to starting quarterback. It's not mean. It's not the coach being mean. You're just not pulling your weight. Yeah. And yeah. so I want your listeners to hear, and I'm talking to my own spirit right now. If we want to be promoted, by the way, go, go, story, go read the story of Joseph. Joseph goes through forging and formation seasons to get to the place of vice president of Egypt. Unless he goes through the long delay in the forging and the formation, that doesn't happen. He had, a, he had to work out. There were a lot of kinks that had to get worked out. Yeah. He's in the pit. He's a slave. He's in prison. A lot of stuff's getting worked out. But Joseph was a good steward in each season. And the Bible says very clearly, it says, even in prison, God was with him and gave him favor. Joseph was a good manager in prison and he got promoted by the warden. So I don't care what job you have, bro. I've worked every job under the sun. I'm in private practice now, but for years, most of my life, I mean, dude, I've built log cabins. I've worked at Starbucks. I was a bartender. I've done soccer camps. I've done, uh, I, I worked at a home for sex offenders. I've done it all, man. I've worked in schools for uh, severe autistic and downs. Uh, everything on the sun I've done construction. And it's like, God has been teaching me, son, be a good steward. I see you. I see you. Don't 
grow weary in doing good. In due time, I will promote you. Now, promotion doesn't mean you win the Powerball ticket per se. That would be nice. But it does mean you get increase, increase in influence and, and usually monetarily. But only if you're a good steward. Right. So that's why I, what can guys do practically to grow? You better pay attention to the small stuff, son. Mm-hmm. That's the number. That's number one. Number two, um, I would say, like you were saying, going to the gym. I firmly believe every man listening to this podcast should be a savage about growing as big and as bad as he can. The bigger, the badder you are psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, the more capable you are of serving and being, uh, being a, an asset to your tribe. Mm. Yeah. If you if you grow spiritually, you grow physically, you are better positioned to be better for those people around you. So why wouldn't you do that? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Here's another big one. Yep. Here's another big one. Men must be, it's strong language, but I think men must be obsessed with finishing what they start. I know a lot of dudes, they start a lot of stuff. There's a lot of hype on it. There's a lot of excitement, but can they finish? Can they finish? I got guys that sign up for my programs and I tell them at the beginning, look, man, it's great. It's great that you've started. Can you be a finisher? Cause I'm more concerned about you finishing. Uh, and that was when I went, where I went to military Academy, I think there's something like a 70% attrition rate for the first year. Mm. It's like most yeah. dudes don't make it. And it, it's like, are only the finishers make it through? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's a, that's a really big one that if you want to grow, start keeping your word to yourself. If you start a project, eat, finish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so Jesus said it this way, let your yes be your yes. Let your no be your no. If you're going to say yes, you better follow through. You better yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I know the break's coming up, but I, I don't want to uh, bleed into that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's three, three really, uh, really great points there. And, and you finished with about a minute to spare. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if, you could, you could have a, a career in radio, I guess, if, uh, if you wanted to, I mean, given that you got all that in right before the time limit. So I don't know if I got the voice for it, my man. <laughs> well, I don't know if I do either, but that's why I'm, you know, um, I'm working on it, working <laughs> on it, but, uh, all right. Well, nice. uh, he is Mr. Jonathan Rios. We're going to take a quick break here and, uh, we'll jo- dive right back into uh, a few more questions. We're going to talk to him a little bit about, uh, about his platform and his courses, uh, and, uh, get into a little bit more about, uh, uh, what he does, uh, for, for men around the world. So, uh, stay tuned. This is the discovering masculinity podcast. I'm your host, John Waltz. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. Again, coming to you from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, just south of the Music City. And uh, joining me this evening, Mr. Jonathan Rios. Uh, you can uh, find him on Instagram at uh, Primal Virtues, and uh, he has a, a, a he's got a huge platform that we're going to uh, to get into here a little bit here uh, in this uh, second half here. But uh, 
Uh, and Jonathan, just uh, kind of diving into that, um, give us a little bit of uh, 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 insight into uh, kind of what, how you started your uh, your practice, how you started your own uh, th- this uh, you know these courses that that you do in, in your own uh, your own platform and your own uh, I guess is, is uh, brand is that face, uh, fair to say your own brand or your own uh, your own mission or what's the the best way that you would uh, you would describe uh, your presence online. I would like, I like the word mission. I like how you phrase that. Let's okay. go with mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an anti-hype guy. Okay. If, if I didn't have to have social media, I probably wouldn't. Um, I use it, it's, it, but it's such a great tool and a, I, it is a beautiful tool. It's just all you use it. Um, but I would say, so my mission kind of, I guess my path, I, I kind of cut my teeth um, working in addiction treatment centers. So I ended up, which was mostly dudes. I mean, most of the people in treatment that report for treatment are men. So running groups for years, individual therapy, uh, I've seen it, I've seen it all. Um, after a while, just grew in that capacity as a clinician and decided to launch out on my own and just be, be in private practice. What I found in working with men in my private practice is I would work with them and then I would I would go, man, I really want to get these guys connected to a tribe, but there was nothing out there, uh, at least locally. Okay. So, I, so then I just decided, I started brainstorming. Like I started hosting these kind of these gatherings where my brother-in-law is a, a Gracie Barr, a jiu-jitsu instructor. Um, and I was like, look, let's start hosting stuff. You teach a little bit. I'll, I'll speak a little bit. We'll do some saunas. We'll do some ice bath and, and then we'll call it a wrap. It'd be like a three hour deal. And we would do that once or twice a month. Guys started coming. And then I, that kind of grew into a program. And that, that grew into the Rite of Passage program. I started seeing the, the absolute absence and necessity of rites of passage. So mm-hmm. in, in today's modern era, most men don't even know what a rite of passage is, where throughout human history, rite of passage was, in, it, was it was built in to society, societal structure and the tribe. Uh, right now, we don't really have any of that. And, and in the scheme of things, in the scheme of world history, America is relatively new. But for, for all of human history, rites of passage were a thing. So I developed, I developed my own version um, based. Uh, it's a hybrid mixture of the stuff I've learned through clinical psychology, but also the stuff I've gone through through the various tribes of men that I've been parts of, whether that's with the military, trained with the army for four years, or whether that was with professional athletes or martial arts trying to combine the psychological, emotional, spiritual component, because I am a Christian, I am a believer, but I'm also, I, I became a believer in a very dark environment. Uh, I didn't, it wasn't, I, did, I, w- I didn't become a Christian at a Christian church. I became a Christian at a military academy where mm-hmm. 99% of the guys weren't Christian. So I started reading the Bible and just kind of walking it out, hashing it out that way. Um, granted, both my parents are believers, but uh, anyways, that, that developed into the Rite of Passage program, which is a 60 to 90 day process I take guys through. Um, we do a mixture of virtual and then face-to-face. It culminates, and there's a lot of, I'm, I'm leaving out a lot of details just for the sake of time, but there's a lot of disciplines built into it, building up to a 24 to 48 hour crucible at the end of this thing, where mm-hmm. the guys are tested. Because a Rite of Passage and if t- technically rites of passage should always involve at least five, these five elements. One, there's the separation from the feminine, all right? Or, or separation from your normal life to some degree. There's teaching, you're learning some, some new doctrine, some new mentality, a new mentality, a new way of doing things or seeing things. There's some mentoring where you're rubbing shoulders, it's hands-on, it's lived, it's shared experiences. Uh, then there is um, mastery of some kind where you're learning some kind of skill. Uh, in our case, we're teaching hand-to-hand combat self-defense. We're also teaching things like maybe we might teach nautical knots. We might teach shelter building, fire starting, things like that. Uh, it, it, that will progress eventually into even the weaponry. Um, but, and then the final, the final element would be a uh, final crucible, a final test where the opportunity for failure is present. It's not a true rite of passage if it's guaranteed. It's if it's a guaranteed pass. Mm-hmm. It's only a rite of passage if you could actually fail. So I make it difficult enough 
to where guys will quit. Um, I have I, not everybody who starts with me finishes. It's not. It's not that it's. It's not that it's Navy Seal buds per se. It's just it's difficult psychologically. It's difficult emotionally. It's difficult as far as length of time and commitment. It's also difficult physically, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that I mix it up, man. I'm pretty creative with that. So that's that's the basic. That's called the primal rite of passage. That's one thing I offer. But right now, what I'm really zeroed in on is the primal course, which you guys might get excited about. Um, the primal course is a really intense three-day immersion experience in the mountains, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Hmm. Um, okay. it, involve, it involves, um, at first, there's a selection process. I always choose the right guys. It's small. I keep a cap it at 12 dudes. I try to do these about quarterly uh, throughout the year. Um, we summit mountains together. We, I teach uh, some some pretty uh, beautiful hard skills as far as survival skills go. Um, there's a psychological group therapeutic element to it that I facilitate. Um, there are beautiful accommodations, and the, the the range and the mountains that we utilize or that we that we use are just, in my opinion, the best. It's the best hiking on the East Coast. I usually bring in uh, a well known. Um, author musician or or public figure who who uh is is a gifted orator gifted with music um and and it's continuing to grow but the the idea is it is really kind of an intensive three-day rite of passage mixed with authentic brotherhood and teaching it's got all the elements in this beautiful epic mountain range summoning mountains it's just the whole thing's just magic no one ever wants to leave including myself so i'm, I'm really hyped on it uh, the next one's coming up in october i haven't even made an official uh, official announcement on it yet but uh, but that's my that's i guess my way of of giving men the experiences that i've had growing into my into a man is uh, with my father with, with the tribes that i've been parts of and trying to bring that all into this condensed version um and i believe god's on it man like i've seen god god orchestrate a lot of this stuff so i'm just trying to be a good steward with it yeah yeah it sounds sounds really uh it sounds really awesome i'm actually you know looking at looking at your uh looking at it right now on my phone so i don't know i might uh if logistics work out i might uh might apply for it so um but uh um one one right question, on, man. yeah one one question that uh that i do have um you know your your instagram handle is uh is primal virtues um so what um what are some of the primal virtues or, or that are are missing in the world today or maybe not necessarily uh, well, missing I, but not as not as uh, 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 uh prevalent prevalent pronounced yeah well, I mean, I don't, I want to, I want to say this the right way. I think honor is missing. Hmm. I think we've, I think we've, we've thrown, we've thrown honor away. And, you know, it, it's funny because I think the Bible talks about this in second Thessalonians. It says at the, at the end of the age, Men will be lovers of self. They'll, they'll be dishonorable. They'll be slanderers. They'll dishonor their mothers and their fathers. That you know, the lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. All these things. And I think what we real what we really see is lawlessness is rampant. And so, men no longer understand what it is to be honorable, what it is to be men of their word, what it is to be chivalrous, what it is to to sacrifice themselves for greater good, a transcendent cause. Right. Um, you know, and, and so that, that, that warrior ethos of, I lay my life down for my brother. Jesus said this way, greater love has no man than this, than he that lays down his life for his friend. If you've ever been around honorable men, there's a, there's a strength and a power that's so potent. And I think that is largely missing. And we need, we can retrieve that. I think, I think it's honor is one of those things, man, you get around an honorable man and it's like it's contagious you want it you want to be a man of high standards right honor is basically um honor is is carrying out your integrity in private and in public 
So, so that's one thing. Um, another virtue that I, that I constantly talk about, I'm, I'm almost obsessed with it is I think there's a, I think there's rampant cowardice in our modern culture. And I think we need a total resurrection of courage, raw, undomesticated, untethered courage, the kind of courage that refuses to bow like, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego would not bow to the golden idol. The kind of courage that was exemplified by a guy named Richard Wormbrand. I love this story. If you've ever read the book, it's called Tortured by Christ, by a guy named Richard Wormbrand. He, um, he lived in, uh, I think it was Romania. He and his wife, he was a pastor, a Lutheran pastor. The, the communists came in, took over the territory. They began to preach their propaganda from various churches. They made them state churches. Well, they came to his neck of the woods, and one day they're preaching their propaganda from the pulpit. And his wife nudges him and she says, Richard, she says, Richard, you need to stand up and say something. And, and Richard says, woman, if I stand up and say something, uh, you'll never see your husband again. And she said, I do not wish to have a coward for a husband. Mm. And so, of course, Richard stands up and he says something. Well, a couple of days later, he goes missing. He ends up being locked up in prison for 14 years, tortured. 14 years, bro. His wife goes away for a few years. At the end of this 14 years, get reunited. Wow. And then they travel the world talking and teaching about communism, about Christ. And, and it was a powerful story, but that idea, more of an idea, it's an idea, more of a, we must be men of courage. Uh, that is how we shift culture. That it's virtue, it's honor, it's respect, it's love for God. I honor God above honoring, honoring the, the modern narratives, right? But I, I must grab hold of my courage. My, my, my courage muscle must be used as frequently as possible, just like a bicep will grow if you use it over and over. Your courage can grow if you get in touch with what is most important in this life. Plato said it this way. He said, courage is knowing what not to fear. Hmm. So okay. if yeah. I fear God, if I fear God, like I reverence the opinion of God, I'm, I'm probably not going to bow to your weak opinion as much. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what Daniel had. Daniel knew God. And in the book of Daniel, it actually says, those who know their God shall stand firm and take action. So I just, I see a lot of cowardice. I see a lot of, even in America, I just see people, they just blindly follow things out of fear. I see, I see cowardly parenting. I see cowardly neighbors. And I'm, it, it, to be honest, it's disgusting to me. It's disgusting to see men, men who are supposed to be strong, men who are supposed to be leaders, men who are supposed to be like Christ, who are supposed to be like John the Baptist. Do you know why John the Baptist got beheaded? John the Baptist stood up to the political figure of the day and he said, you shouldn't be sleeping with your brother's wife. And Herod throws him into prison, laid him beheads him for, for speaking up. The dude had cojones, bro. Mm -hmm. He had yeah. balls. Yeah. And I think, we, I think we often misread the Bible. These guys were not cowards. Right. 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred. So these dudes were tough men. They, were, they feared God. And I think we need a resurrection or a, a, a resurgence of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Indeed. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. Courage is... Uh, Non-conformity, conforming to Christ. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, okay. yeah, yeah, man, I'm getting worked up, bro, because I, I, I can't stand cowardice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, preach, man. Preach. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, uh, yeah, that, that's, and we we were talking a little bit about wisdom early on in in the first segment and and I uh, brought this up in in my last episode but Solomon one of the great heroes of the bible he asked for two two things god asked him you know what what are the two things that that you want he said wisdom and courage and 
I think that, gosh, if, if we as men went, went after that, if we went after wisdom and courage, like we, we go after, you know, college football, you know, we would see a drastic change in, in this country, in this world. And, and if you're on the other side of my voice here and, and you're hearing me right now, you know, I, I will, we, we need to, to lead that, lead that charge and, and, and really, really pursue that wisdom and courage that's, that's lacking in, in the world today. So, you know, we'll, you know, to, you know, plug into guys like Jonathan, plug into guys like, like, uh, Ryan King, plug into guys like Will Spencer and, and they're, they're leading the way. And, uh, I'm honored to, to be a, hopefully, you know, I'm considered to be a small part of that charge, but, uh, but I am, you know, honored to, uh, to, you know, to, to speak with men like that on, on these topics, but, um, uh, just kind of wrapping it up here, uh, Jonathan, um, you, you, you do this almost on a, on a daily basis. You, you, you come across people who are really, really downtrodden, uh, in, in, in their lives. And they come from all sorts of, like you said, all sorts of different situations and backgrounds. And, um, you know, let's just say hypothetically, you know, a young man came to you and he was just ready to kind of give up on pursuing some of these things and, and give up on, on the world. And, and, just really, just really down and out. Um, you know, what, what type of advice and encouragement would you give to a young man, um, uh, who's ready to give up on his own masculine journey? Well, first off, I would say I, I get it. (laughs) I mean, I'm human. I mean, what, what man out there hasn't faced discouragement, hasn't faced disillusionment. Um, so empathy would be the first place to start, right? But assuming that's intact, I would say a couple of things. One of, the, one of the things I would consider is a lot of men, a lot of, a lot of females too, a lot of Christians and don't understand that God operates seasonally. He operates in seasons. So God is a God of process and formation. We often think we're ready for new things and new seasons and new promotions. And God's like, nah, man, and like you're 10 years out. I'm, you know, an oak tree is an acorn for a while. And then it's a, then it's a sapling. And then it's this tiny little shoot. And, and 20 years later, now you've got a solid oak tree. That's still not even fully formed. We live in a microwave culture that thinks, yo, you could be a millionaire in 30 minutes. Just do these five steps, right? Bro, we're watching all these YouTube clips of all these, uh, all these business tycoons and these 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 masculine guys that ch- follow me, and I'll show you the steps to be the to be the guy. And it's like that stuff. We look at that stuff and we and we go, man, I'm not that. But if you actually get back to the Bible and look at how God forms men, it's through a process. There's seasons, just like there's winter. There's spring, right? Mm-hmm. There's summer, there's fall, there's winter. God operates seasonally. And if you misread your season, you'll think God has abandoned you. When God's actually, you know, this is an opportunity for you to be forged. And I often pray this way. I go, God, just forge me. I want to escape this. This is really, this really sucks. Can you not hear me? I, I have all these desires for X, Y, and Z. Do you not see me? And a lot of times we just feel unseen. Mm-hmm. But one of God's names in the Bible is the God who sees you. Yeah. Yeah. God who sees you. So that's one. God, God is a God of seasons. He does see you. Your delay doesn't mean he's abandoned you. It, it may mean he's forging you. Are you paying attention to the test? Can you be a good steward with your minimum wage job and your crappy car? Because if you can, I guarantee you, Jesus taught this in his parables. If you're a good steward, I can give you more. If you're a bad steward, I can't. Okay, so that's one. Um, Another one would be, dude, lone rangers don't make it. So you got to find a tribe. Um, Watch the Discovery Channel. Which zebra is the one that always gets picked off? It's the one that strays (laughs) away from the herd. That's it, dude. You know, or 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 the injured one or whatever. And that's the way it is in the spiritual world, man. It's like, if you're not plugged in with other fiery dudes that are striving, that are contending, that are warrior hearted, that love God, that love people that are going for going for the juggler with life. If you don't have fire around you, you're going to go cold. 
That's not that's not conjecture. I've seen it over and over and over. Guys that start strong, but they burn out. They don't have That's another big one. Matter of fact, Jesus sent people off in twos, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's another one. Um, I would say uh, if if you're having trouble finding, sometimes that's too ethereal. If you're having trouble finding a tribe. Uh, here's a couple of ways you might want to go about that. You could join uh, an online group, John, that you described. Like, like I, I have, I have that periodically. I know Masculine Revival has that. Will Spencer has that. That's uh, the Renaissance of Men. Uh, there's, there's a lot of other dude quality dudes that have online stuff. Um, there's also stuff locally. Like, dude, you want to be around some disciplined dudes? Go to a local martial arts gym. Oh Just yeah. Go, hey man, I want to try. I want to try a couple of free classes. Those guys are disciplined, man. You yeah. want to grow in discipline? Get around other lions like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one. Find and they love to teach too. It. There's a lot of that culture. They they just love to show you what what they can do and show you how to do things. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I see that all the time from from that that culture from from martial arts guys. They they love to teach. Absolutely. Same thing with CrossFit. You're going to get around people that are striving that want to grow. Um, and, and a lot of guys, like I grew up poor. So if, if some of your listeners listening or who are listening, um, I, one of the hurdles I had to get over was you can't grow unless you're willing to invest. Right. So, so you might need to do, if you want to grow academically or cognitively, you need to invest in books or online e-courses or go to a school. You need to te- you need to learn some new things. If you want to grow in discipline, you've got to invest and you may have to pay to be around other disciplined dudes so that some of that stuff can rub off on you. If you want to grow spiritually, get around spiritual giants, guys that love God, guys that, you know, walk, walk the walk. Right. So it, it, you can't get this stuff for free. Like it's going to cost you your time. It may just cost you time. It may cost major effort. It may cost you financially. You got to be willing pay the cost if you want to grow and that's a hurdle i had to get over because i you know growing up without money that that was like that that was difficult for me so here's another big one man um i would i encourage guys to read biographies so uh a, one one good one like one of my my kind of my one of my historical heroes is general george Patton. Mm, yeah. <laughs> any anytime I read a quote by Patton or read a story by Patton, I'm like, dude, this guy, I I I wish I lived in his era. Um, but ch- read biographies on Churchill, read biographies on Rudyard Kipling, read biographies on here's a great book. Uh, I think I have it right here. Yeah. Go get this book. It's full of many biographies that are that are ap- you can apprehend in 10 pages. It's called uh Mansfield Book of Manly Men. Each chapter has different, you know, uh, there's a chapter by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. There's a chapter on Churchill. There's a chapter on Kipling. There's a chapter on King David. Just a bunch of different guys. Great book. I thumb through it periodically. And what it does is I go, it gives me something to aim for. It gives me masculine virtues and traits to strive for, right? So those are some ideas. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Or you can also sign up for from some of my programs. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say that. Well, uh, we're going to have links to, uh, to those books in the, uh, in the show notes. We'll have you know, any, uh, just as an aside, any book that's, that's referenced during the course of, uh, discovering masculinity podcast, we will have, uh, the link to, uh, that book so you can uh, buy it through Amazon fairly, fairly easily. And, uh, we'll also have, uh, links to, uh, Jonathan's, uh, Instagram and his website, uh, in the show notes, uh, below, but, uh, um, Jonathan, before we, uh, we wrap up, where are some of the best places for, uh, for people to find you? Uh, I would say Instagram is uh, Primal Virtues, fairly easy. My website, uh, it's it's thrive.co, so it's T-H-R-I-I-V dot C-O. But yeah, generally speaking, most of my content, videos, blogs, that's to be found on Instagram. All right. Awesome. 
Oh, and like I said, we'll have uh, links to his Instagram and his website in the uh, in the show notes below. So he is Mr. Jonathan Rios, uh, Primal Virtues on Instagram. Jonathan, it was an honor and a privilege and a real thrill to uh, to talk to you this evening. Uh, I look forward to uh, to getting this together and letting you know when this publishes. And uh, uh, just again, thank you so much, and thank you for for being part of this uh, this new men's movement online, where we're really, um, you know, and I'm I'm just hopefully some day you know I'll feel a little bit more like a part of it but uh it's it's really great to uh to talk to guys like you so thanks so much for uh, for being on the show yeah brother thank you all right thank you again and he is like i said he is uh jonathan rios uh, this is the discovering masculinity podcast i'm your host john waltz and i will talk to you all next time <laughs>